Hello, and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm one of your co-hosts. Every week, we bring you interviews with makers and artists of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. This week, we have Estropola Woodworking. Estropola Woodworking is owned by wife and wife team Sarah and Marika. Sarah has a position as a research faculty at Missouri, and Marika currently stays at home with their toddler. When they are not occupied with life, they love to spend their time in the woodshop. While they both have separate interests in different types of woodworking, their styles complement each other when they choose to work together on projects. Sarah is fascinated with the beauty of natural wood, specifically burls. Sarah also has a love for ornate boxes. Marika is sharpening her skills on the lathe and also enjoys making cutting boards and scroll saw projects. Most of the pieces made are custom orders, but they have a small inventory on hand from time to time. So it was a great time getting to chat with Sarah and Marika and uh, especially talk about our kind of coincidental both living, well, they no longer live in Iowa City, um, but used to live in Iowa City, so have some commonalities there besides the woodworking. Before getting into the conversation with Sarah and Marika, I'd like to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Matthew from Artigiano Serio, Candice, CJ Woodgrain, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Laura, Oakley Soap Company, Brandy, Studio Obey, Ellen, Little Bear Furniture, Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing continued support, helping to make this podcast happen every week. If you are enjoying the podcast and would like to help support it, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution and uh, look for all the ways you can support the podcast. All right, let's head on into the conversation with Sarah and Marika of Estrapola Woodworking. Okay, so I think I have everything. I have my Kleenex. I have everything in order. I'm trying to make sure here. That might be better. And I'm working in temporary space. I just, my computer, my laptop that I've had, it's as old as our youngest and it finally like completely died. So I got a brand new laptop, but that also means I have to set everything up from scratch. So, all right. Hopefully we won't get interrupted too much on my end. It will be on my end mostly, I'm sure. Um. If you guys are ready to get started, we can definitely just hop on into it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves. So would you both do that for me? My name is Marika Estropola, and this is my wife. I'm introducing myself. <laughs> I know. She tends to do that for me. Um, I'm Sarah Estropola. And we were married. <laughs> and you formed together which uh, business? We're Estropola Woodworking. Okay. Um, is it a, an official business? Like official, official? Um, we're like registered with the city. Um, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we have a website and a brand. How much more official yeah. can you get, right? <laughs> I don't, we're not like an LLC, so... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's different levels of official, right? Like yeah. you have social, you have a website that counts to me. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see, I'll let you two choose who gets to go first, but I want to know a little bit about 
where each of you kind of grew up and your interest as kids. I can start. Um, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs and um, I was always into art. I was really good at it, uh, mostly drawing. And um, I knew that there was no career in art. <laughs> um, so I went to school to be to become an art teacher. So after graduating high school, I went to, uh, well, I went to community college first, but then I went to Illinois State University and got a bachelor's in art teacher education and um, studio art drawing. I had very little to no woodworking experience. I was very firmly into 2D art. Um, and then while I was still an undergrad, I, I met this person sitting here to my right and uh, she lived in Iowa City. And literally the day that I graduated, we did long distance for two years. And, and the day that I graduated, we uh, I moved over to Iowa City to, you know, spend time, live with my future wife. Um, and then while I was there, I couldn't find a job teaching art. So I, I went back to school and got my master's and eventual PhD in special education. So no woodworking during any of that time. <laughs> that didn't happen until uh, I was I was just about defending my dissertation. And then uh, I decided I, I wanted a, a nice desk for my graduation present to myself. So uh, Marika and I found a, just some dude in Cedar Rapids who had walnut and bought a humongous uh, slab of walnut and I had zero hand tools and or zero power tools and zero experience. So I used uh, some Harbor Freight sandpaper and hand sanded uh, bandsaw mill marks out of uh, this <laughs> this five foot by the 60 by 30 inch walnut slab that we're currently using as our desk right now. I was gonna say, so 20 years later you finished it because that's <laughs> how long you need to hand sand out bandsaw marks. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty rough, but yeah. That's, that's my journey up into my first woodworking project. Uh, so I grew up in Keokuk, Iowa. It's the very southeast tip of Iowa. Very small. Um, I went to, I moved to Iowa City to go to college and I got my bachelor's in psychology. Um, as a kid, I was mainly into music, uh, music and theater. And um, I like to like help my parents. They did like um, remodeling in the house. And I was interested in that a little bit, but you know, no more than a 10 year old kid can be. Um, and I, I actually enjoyed a little bit of art, like painting and things like that. Um, but nothing very serious. And we bought our first house in Iowa city and we really, it was, um, built in 1890. So, um, it had a lot of character and it had a lot of um, unsquare corners and it was very, some of it was very hodgepodge, but we really enjoyed me in particular um, working on it and building a fence and redoing the mudroom and things like that. And again, minimal tools, minimal knowledge, um, but enjoyed getting, working with my hands. Um, and other than that, that's the minimal uh, woodworking experience I had was just like household stuff until we moved here into, we live in Columbia, Missouri now. Um, and then took like a woodworking class. And then after that, so growing up, no experience really. Okay. And if I remember correctly, you teach now, right? Which one? Me? I think, no, Marika, you teach, right? Oh, no? oh I teach woodworking classes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have taught a, a handful. I'm um, jumping ahead. I um, am now employed at the community wood shop um, that we use and I'm employed part-time. And so I have taught a handful of woodworking classes. So definitely full circle. <laughs> mm -hmm. And... Sarah, are you, are both of you or one of you working outside of the home? 
I do. I, um, I'm an assistant research professor at the University of Missouri in special education. So most of my job involves sitting at my computer, doing research, reading, writing, meetings. Um, I do teach one class this semester in, in classroom and behavior management for um, pre-service teachers. But yeah, that that's my full-time job. That's what, um, you pays know, the pays, the, pays the bills. <laughs> um, and then when I have time, um, I like to make stuff in the shop. And then I work part-time um, at the shop, like I'm employed at the shop. And then also um, stay-at-home mom, I guess. I guess you can still qualify that if it's like half-time. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, no, that qualifies. Um, is that still, like, is that your guys' main shop? Is the community shop? Yes. That's pretty awesome. Um, Because just seeing from what you have posted, like, it seems like a pretty set-up like workshop space yeah um people are very surprised when they first meet us like they meet us now and they see the level of work that we can do and we've only I've only been doing this almost two years like I know my desk was my first project but I think of like my real woodworking experience started when I joined the shop which was just under two years ago but it's the shop that like enabled us to learn so quickly because I mean, there's <laughs> two band saws, uh, uh, two saw stop table saws, miter saw, like all really, really good top of the line professional tools that we can use 24 seven. So if you want to learn, you don't have to like wait and save up money to buy these tools. Like they're just there. So it's, it's, if if you if you have the desire the inkling to to get very good at something very quickly this is a, the great a great place to do that yeah i mean that's that's really critical um i mean we have that space here in iowa city that we meet at monthly but their wood shop is still it's got like some bare minimums but they're not they're definitely not top of the line tools um mm -hmm. and I do think probably eventually it will like get there as more members join because there will just be like more money to purchase those tools um but I think that is a big thing like I don't know what your membership costs are but I think there it's it's under $50 a month you can have access to that like 24 7 whenever yeah, you want $70 a month here and it's like um the the way that they run it it's like a gym so you have access 24 7 which is also really beneficial because I know a lot of places you have to like reserve time so that you're not impeding with other people and so like for me in the beginning I would wait until our daughter would go to bed and then I would go and be in the shop all night so really it's like open access you know, whenever, mm -hmm. and you can kind of run to the shop. Luckily, it's not very far from our house either. You can run to the shop for an hour and then come back. Um, so it really allows a lot of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you'll keep kind of that work arrangement for a while, or do you want to have your own, like your own personal shop space? I think we would love to have our own shop space. I think um, financially, that's pretty far out of our ballpark. Um, right now, our house has a one-stall garage that is literally just floor-to-ceiling wood. So, like, you can't even, there's no, I mean, you couldn't even find, like, a tool if you wanted to. Um, and I'm fine with not having a car in there. We haven't had a car in there forever. But we also, I mean, we would need a new house or to buy a shop space. And the other benefit of the wood shop too is that they're doing the maintenance. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, replacing blades and fixing electrical, which is things that are more times than not out of our wheelhouse of skill. Yeah. So I, it's a, I think it's a 50-50. I think we would like to have ownership of our own space but there are so many benefits right now to having that space. Mm -hmm. Well, there's also, and another benefit is that we get to meet people. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty antisocial, but <laughs> it is pretty nice to like, I love it to, to see what other people are doing, to have conversations like, or to find, you know, the next random dude who's 
having a sale out of his garage for wood. I mean, wood's expensive. So finding those really random pockets of like, hey, this dude's, you know, selling wood out of his basement. Go find him. Mm -hmm. That's, That's really great being part of a community like that. Yeah, absolutely. I I think that's like one of the number one things that I get asked as like a resource is where to find wood at that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Um, because it's really weird. A lot of these like tiny little sawmills, I don't know. I'm like, do you not want to be found? I haven't figured it out. Like, yeah. they're, just, they're like the best kept secret, right? It's yeah. not like you can just Google them and find them. Um and you especially can do that if you don't know, like, I don't want to say, like, the right vocabulary to use yeah. when you're trying oh, to yeah. find them. 100%. You know, so it is one of those things that I get asked, like, all the time is where I get my stuff. And I, like, I work mainly with logs, like, solid logs. So I'm working with, like, tree services, you know, to get my stuff. But, mm-hmm. um but I do know the sawmills for when those kind of orders or requests comes up. I know where to go get that stuff. So yeah, that's definitely a benefit. I'm with you, Sarah, though. I'm pretty antisocial. Um, and I did learn, like I, I was a member of our um, shared space here for, for quite some time uh, because they have tools that I don't have, even though I have my own workshop like a table saw I don't have a table saw um I don't but I on my end I found it frustrating that if something did break then I had to wait for them to like fix it it wasn't something that I could jump into and just like figure out and get it done so that I could keep working and then also like having people cycle through there that create all of the equipment (laughs) like crap yeah and that is honestly my I I I do really want my own shop and it's because I know how to respect the tools Um, and that's the thing like at least we don't have the expenses of the heavy machinery which is amazing so Mm -hmm. when we do have big sales I treat myself to to good hand tools because that's something that on principle, I, I just, I'm not going to share. Like, I'm not going to sharpen chisels for someone else to drop on the floor. Yep. So, so we do have that. We have a little bit of storage space at the shop for, um, for high quality sanders and sandpaper and like the, the more nitpicky things. And it's just, it's, I, I have that, that want for more personalized tools and workspace and the more the more I learn and do with woodworking I I really do want my own space someday but it's it's a long ways away yeah and I mean and the fact is is the unfortunate fact is these things aren't cheap like they're they really aren't you know I just got done teaching um like beginner woodworking class through the community college here and they like that's you know, the questions that all of the, it was a class for just women. And so they were all asking like, where do we go get the tools and what tools, if we had to buy just like three tools, what tools should we buy? You know, because what we were teaching them on are like a nice table saw, a jointer, a planer, like, cause we were teaching fine furniture, which is all the things that you should have in order to like make it run smoothly, but you don't need those things to do that. And so it was a little bit of a disconnect um, to be like, oh, you really don't need a table saw. You can get by with just a circular saw. (laughs) If you, you know, you can make it work. Um, You don't need a sander. You can get rid of bandsaw marks (laughs) with your hands and a sheet of sandpaper. (laughs) I think I would have had revolt if I had told them they had to hand sand anything. Um, (laughs) But But still, it was one of those things, like we started talking, you know, and they're like Googling it all. And they're like, oh my God, this is like, you know, $1,500. And I'm like, I know, like, this isn't, unfortunately, this is not a hobby that people can just like jump into and easily afford. Like you either have to be, you know, kind of later stage in life where you have income and don't have 
children that you have to spend it on or you know or you get really savvy at doing like Facebook marketplace or or whatever I know people have had good luck finding tools that way I am not one of those people as you both know living in Iowa City not a huge community not a lot of people offering up tools on Facebook marketplace um but yeah it was uh it was an interesting perspective and trying to and trying to teach that kind of stuff. What kind of classes have you had the opportunity to teach at your workshop? Um, the only ones that I have, I mean, I, the only one that I have really taught so far or have helped other people is like uh, turning on the lathe and not like bowls, but more like pen turning, um, making like cutting boards um, and like knife blocks um, some pretty, I guess, basic, um, and most of the classes, so the, the woodshop that we use, they offer, they teach classes too. So most of the classes, they're things that you can make in one evening. Um, so that also kind of limits, um, the, the options there. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, my class with the community college, the kind of nice thing about it was, it was like, it got to be three Saturdays. Um, but still, I think we only had two people who actually left the class with that everything finished. Oh, wow. um, but I mean, that's what to be expected, right? And, you know, one of those things that when they talked to me about teaching it and asked what concerns I had, and I said, my concern is trying to get 11 people to get a bench completed in, in three Saturdays when we only have one of each type of tool. Like, yeah. that's a lot of... <laughs> of planning and trying to stagger people and get them through all the different tool stations um and also teaching them how to use those tools for the first time ever and mm -hmm. then expecting them to just be like okay off you go <laughs> i showed you how to run the table saw once you're good right like it's not you know um it's not as easy i think as sometimes people expect it to be did you did you both take uh, any of those classes at at your workshop when you were getting when you're getting started? Yeah, yeah. So they require back when I started, you either took a, a safety class or an intro to woodworking class where you make a basic box. Um, so I decided to take the intro to woodworking class and it was just like, I was the only one in the class and I was thrilled about that because I <laughs> I know some people would would be mortified or embarrassed. And I was like, I was so happy because I wanted to learn and, and then I could just have that individualized attention and just blast them with questions. Um, so yeah, I took the intro to woodworking class where I made a box and it was basically just basic how to use these tools safely. safely. Um, and then you know, how to cut miters and rabbits and dados. And that was basically mm -hmm. it. Because there, there, the, at the time, the the equipment in the shop was pretty minimal. Um, but it was enough. I, I started my membership after that. And I, mm -hmm. I've taken some more advanced, like, hand tool classes, like hand cut dovetails. Um, that was just like a five-hour Saturday workshop. Mm -hmm. um one of the the president of our local woodworking association teaches classes occasionally I've taken some of them and like how to tune up a hand plane I've taken that or sharpening chisels a lot of like skill builder and yeah like yeah things. more more refined fine, refined fine tuning stuff uh just but just a few of them a lot of it I learned um Instagram I'll be honest <laughs> I learned a lot on Instagram <laughs> So the yeah. only class that I took was, um, so Sarah started taking classes and I was like, we had a, like a three month old and I was mm -hmm. super jealous. It's just, just put it out there. I was jealous and I was upset that she was getting all, you know, this new hobby and all this time. And I was like, I want to go make something, but I didn't, I didn't really even know what I wanted to make or what I wanted to do. And so they offered uh, a pickler triangle, which is like a jungle gym for toddlers. And I was like, perfect. I'll go meet a bunch of moms and take this class. So I went to take it and I too was the only person in the class, which ended up being fine. Um, and I was just kind of looking for like something to do outside of the home at the time because of COVID. 
Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was early in the pandemic where everything was still shut down, yeah. except for this wood shop, which was like a miracle. Yeah. So which the is, yeah, it's crazy to me that they were still like because yeah. ours closed everything down. They they opened during the pandemic. <laughs> Oh my. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're still open. They're still kicking. <laughs> so they, um, he had mentioned like needing somebody to clean. And I was like, Hey, what if, cause Sarah had already had membership. And I was like, what if I come and clean, um, like once a week and then in place of a membership as just like an apprentice at the time, because I still was like really not confident with any of the tools. Um, mm-hmm. I just was nervous. And so, we agreed to that. And so a lot of times I would come in with Sarah when we had like my mom down here to watch our daughter um, so that I could learn more from her. It was just easier for me. um, And just kind of, it took me a long time to get really into Mm -hmm. it. Um, She took off really fast, but it took me a long time, but it was a nice little slow introduction. I'm kind of like sad for you that you didn't get to meet other moms doing the pickler triangular. Um, no, I, you know what? It's fine. I become really good friends with the shop owner and I'm, I make better friends with that anyways. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Have you had made any others since then? Friends? No, pickler triangles. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope you've made other friends since then. <laughs> Um, I have not made any more Fickler triangles. Um, and you know, what's really funny is that all I was in like a mom's group on Facebook and everybody was like, Oh, I'd love one of those. Like, and then he, I saw, I was like, Hey, you should offer that class. And he offered it. And then I was the only one that signed up and I was like, womp, womp. Well, which is absurd too, because it's, it's handmade and he was only charging a hundred dollars to go make it. And that included all the materials. Yeah. They're really expensive to buy. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I um I made one for my daughter's pre our youngest's preschool class. The teacher had asked, and you know, it was one of those trade situations. Like, you make this, we'll give you some tuition off. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that. Um, and because I did that, then you know, I got other requests to make them. And I think I only made two more. Because then when they would ask me and I tell them, you know, like, well, for materials and my time, it's this much money. And they'd be like, well, I can get it cheaper on Etsy. And I'm like, so then go get it cheaper on Etsy. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, And they're not my favorite thing to make. They are definitely not my favorite thing to make. Um, Lining up all those dowels is not fun. Uh, As I'm sure you can remember doing yourself. Yeah, I had no desire to make another one. No, but we still have it down in the basement. And now my, you know, now our kids are almost seven and nine and they still climb on it and it still holds them. So I figure it was well. Oh, I stood on mine. (laughs) Oh yeah. We climbed all over ours. Hers is built like a tank. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Yeah. I made it way thicker, way beefier than it. The dowels are like huge. Yeah. 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 Um, Do you, I, I mean, Sarah, you've got kind of like the full-time job, but is that the, you went and got a doctorate for it. So I don't know. Is that the dream to to keep with that? Or is the dream to go, for both of you to go all in? Um, I love my job. Like I am so grateful to have it. And I, it, there's so much freedom in, in what I get to do. And I, I mean, I'm going to be 80 years old and be a college professor. Like, why not? It's amazing. Plus there's, there's so much freedom and sometimes I don't have a ton of work for the week. So I can spend a little more time in the shop if we have mm-hmm. childcare. Um, so in the, the woodworking is just, it's just my art. It's mm-hmm. something that's always going to be a part of me. And no, I, I I love the security that my job affords me. And I'm just, I'm grateful to have my job and where we're at. And even in the time that we've been doing this and selling stuff, I mean, it's very like, it ebbs and flows. It's very hit or miss. And so I, I can't even imagine being at a place where we could financially rely on woodworking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not attainable, but it seems really, really far away. Yeah. 
Do you, Marika, do you think you're going to keep with it? Are you hoping to like oh, yeah. build up? I do think that that since uh, uh, we can survive on my salary alone pretty easily, especially as I keep going, like with my career and keep growing, that I think woodworking could be her part-time job. I mean, she does run our business and we do reasonably well with sales um, for just making stuff part-time. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, that I, I do think that if she didn't, if she wasn't employed by the shop, she could probably get by with making our business her part-time job. Okay. Did you, so when you both kind of got started with woodworking, what, what brought you to turning it into a business versus just making stuff for like yourself and, you know, family and stuff? It was, it was, we did not start to make, things and with any intention of starting a business. Like I started woodworking because I had some things in mind that I wanted to make. Um, I like nice things and I have no money. So <laughs> I, I make things that I like, like nicer furniture, like this desk that, that we have. It's a, I mean, the, yeah, to buy a desk like this would be thousands. Whereas I was to make able to make it for just a couple hundred. Um, so I just started making things that I wanted, like, frames really nice hardwood frames for my phd diploma um i had this very strange desire to make a giant walnut spoon and fork like just really random stuff um an elaborate pencil cup and yes yes i i'm fascinated by burl wood and i just wanted a reason to look at it so i would make these things and post them to facebook or instagram and people were like hey i want one can you make me one okay well, and there was a point when I was like, okay, we can't have like a burl napkin holder and a burl, like we, we can't afford, I mean, it is still less expensive than buying it, but like, right. She was buying all this wood <laughs> and I was just like, okay, we have to have a happy medium here. Um, and so then when people started saying like, Hey, would you make, you know, that for me? And we were like, she, you know, she was like, sure. Why not? Um, and then it really just, it grew organically. It, it just, really it did. just grew from there. And, and you find something that people really, really like, and then you enjoy making. So you did the, the woodworking now pays for itself and then some, so it's, it's great. It just, it just happened. And it, it, the timing was perfect as far as, I mean, we had an infant at home and we both needed something to do like an escape, um, you know, a new hobby. We were in a new state where we knew literally nobody um, we during had, the pandemic. Yeah. So like all these things and it was like, we need to find something because we are losing our minds. So mm -hmm. it was, yeah. How is it to do woodworking as a couple? It's so much fun. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's great. <laughs> Uh, I, I think there's okay let's qualify that it's great now because I can do things on my own she mm -hmm. yeah. she hated in the beginning when I would like shadow her and be like how do I do this what do I do I didn't hate it it was kind of like okay you can do this <laughs> and also I think we always tell people that we have interest in different things um which mm -hmm. I think is is great um she likes like her specialty is making boxes and burl framed art. Whereas I like making cutting boards and I recently got into um, wooden jewelry and I love it. And so we can like help each other or compliment each other, but we're also not competing, which mm -hmm. I think has really helped because we're both a little competitive. So I think that we can push each other, but not like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I had to ask because I just, I mean, and I think this is the case with any couple. It's like, great, you're either the couple that works really well together to like assemble the furniture or you're the couple that has like the divorce lawyers on the phone at the end of that project. So like- We don't assemble furniture together if that's what you're asking. <laughs> like, well, we I know myself- work together really you know. well though. Yeah, I mean- there's, now that you're more independent in the shop yeah that that was that did get pretty annoying it's like you you can you can measure and use the table saw you know how to do this yeah so sometimes and I mean you know also we don't have to work like together like we we were at the shop this morning and we we're both working on two completely different things 
um, you know, sometimes we'll, you know, ask each other, like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, an opinion, but more times than not, we're not actually physically working together. We're just working at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I do find it super interesting. It's like my wife and I, we have no hobbies in common at all. Uh, <laughs> we can like appreciate, you know, what the other one and likes. We've and- always, like, we used to be pretty obsessed with fishing and we both fish together. So then it like changed to this. Um, in the beginning, when she started woodworking, I was very, like I said, I was very annoyed by it. And every time I would walk by, and she would be on her phone and she would be scrolling through like wood on Instagram. And I would literally be like, what could you possibly be looking at? Like what I don't understand. I could not comprehend what was so fascinating about looking at wood on Instagram. And now that's what we both do. So it's, it's kind of funny. And like our daughter will like totally throw us under the bus and just walk over and be like, wood, wood. <laughs> And how old is your daughter now? Uh, two and a half. Okay. So, I mean, still about two and a half years or so until you get like full-time school going for you. Yeah. Um, how are you making time to get into the shop? So we, sometimes we make like a schedule where, you know, we kind of say like, okay, on Sunday, one of us goes in the morning and one of us goes in the afternoon and then the evening we're home together. Um, we also, my mom has been, she's retired. And so she has a place down here part-time. And so she um, helps with childcare several days a week, which has really helped us um, to be able to just have an evening in the shop together. And, mm-hmm. and like I said, even though we don't really work together in the shop, it is nice to go to the shop together. Um, so we're, we're pretty good about communicating like, Hey, I really need to get this project done. I need to get in the shop sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So in your shop space, how many other women are there? So, you know, I would say there are quite a few women who are members at the community shop. They're not in there all the time. But it's, I would say it's mostly women who take the classes. That's fair. Um, mm-hmm. And it's definitely a very safe space for women to go and work. So I, I feel like there's probably a higher percentage of women than you would think. All the other regulars, apart from me and Marika, are all men that, that regularly show up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's quite a few women. It's a, it's a very safe place. I I've never felt uncomfortable there being a woman alone or with the other members. Mm-hmm. What about as far as like queer inclusivity? I think I mean I have to give like props to the owner because I think he has been. I mean he hired me, um, mm-hmm. and. Um, he's just very supportive of everybody and, and his, his, um, you know, ideas that he wants anybody to know that they have the ability to do woodworking. Um, and he is willing to support anybody who is interested in learning more, um, you know, open door policy, really. I, yeah. He definitely sets a very welcoming tone for anybody to go there. Um, I, I say this, he's, I think he's the only straight man on earth who I can tolerate and even laugh at <laughs> lesbian jokes that he makes. Yeah. So that's that's the kind of person because I, I I get very uncomfortable when straight men make gay jokes. But he's he's such a goofball. Like he's so sweet that he's done a great job. I I don't feel uncomfortable at all. I will say that we are members of the Midwest Woodworkers Association, so it's our local like old white man group yep. of woodworkers and I think th- I think the average age is probably 70 ish or older mm-hmm. white men um and I think still Marika and I don't always get to go together because of our child care yeah. um so I wonder if some of them think that we're the same person but other than that if they know we're two separate people 
because <laughs> you know we're the novel <laughs> the novelty uh-huh. there the only women and this you know in our 30s um mm-hmm. they think we're friends mm-hmm. or probably sisters who knows or maybe sisters <laughs> I don't know but that, that that's not to say that anybody feels uncomfortable they really enjoy having like young people come especially women so that's that's fun yeah I mean Sarah, remind me again where you said you grew up. Chicago suburbs, so okay. northwest, oh, near Wisconsin. Okay, so you probably had a little bit more culture. <laughs> <laughs> I had like zero. <laughs> well, I graduated high school anyways from Southeast Iowa, so I'm very familiar with the area. Um, and just, I don't know uh midwest in general like rural midwest in general and i'll say there can be a certain charm right or it's either a certain charm or we're just so damn used to like the old white guy that we give him a pass on quite a bit of stuff um (laughs) yeah yeah so um it, it I was just curious, you know, there, if there was ever like any, and it doesn't sound like there has been like any feedback or feeling like if, if you were teaching, especially, um, a male audience, if there was ever any pushback on that. No. And they've actually, um, in the, I mean, so for the Midwest Woodworkers Association, they have even had Sarah and I, so they do like a presentation every week on a different skill or something and usually it's somebody in the group um that presents it and so they had sarah do a presentation and then they were gonna have me do a presentation then i had covid um so you know they have welcomed us with open arms and are not i mean i stood back and watched when sarah gave the presentation because i kind of thought oh we're gonna get some eye rolls because Mm -hmm. she's a young female and what could she possibly know about woodworking i've been doing it all my life and um and everybody was like focused paying attention um and i was really impressed by that cuz i really just i had this expectation and they yeah they were wonderful so mm-hmm. i you know i do get okay, i do think i get some preferential treatment when oh, i yeah. am shopping at lumber yards, uh, specialty stores, anything. And I think it's a combination of me being a young female and an old man, at least the stereotype uh, field. And I'm also just super enthusiastic. Like I fucking love it. And I'm grateful to have like the opportunity and, in, 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 you know, people pay me to make things. It's amazing. Right. And, uh, I'm so enthusiastic about it that I honestly wouldn't eat, generally wouldn't even see it if they're being rude to me. But I think people could just get excited when you're excited. And I think the fact that I'm a female also really works in my favor when I'm at a, a place where I can negotiate a price. I think I do very well with that. Um, I think there's also like, on the other hand, I think sometimes they want, they want to see us succeed because we are not the you know, the normal woodworker that they work with. And they're like, you know, I, I want to support this. I want to promote, you know, like Mm -hmm. a young female woodworker. Um, This is amazing. Sometimes uh, there's a a lumber, I don't even know what it's called a lumber yard, but Cardwell Hardwoods um, and they sell exotic woods. And sometimes I'll go in there and it's like a new staff member and they kind of walk up to me. They're like, Oh, hi ma'am. Can I help you? And I'm, I'm, I'm just like automatically like, no, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. I, I agree with you there. I do that. Like they just think like that my husband sent me to go pick yeah. up this, like, you know, wood that I know nothing about. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I know what I'm doing. Like leave me alone. And then they kind of just like shadow me around. And I'm like, yeah. and then the other person is like, Hey, where's your daughter? You didn't bring her this time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Oh no, they're all, they're regulars. They have an account here, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely like, yeah, I don't get as bothered when they ask me if I need help with something. Um, I have found at least around here, most of the places I go, it's either I get absolutely ignored mm-hmm. or, um, you know, they 
they blatantly act as if I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I will say some of that has gone away since I ended up since I the for the uh, community college class they had put me on the cover of that so it went out everywhere and now that doesn't happen as much. I was, like, yes, you're a local celebrity. Yeah, I'm just actually like, oh, now they actually respect me. Or, or that you were, weren't you on the cover of like Fine Woodworking or something, and just, just like popular woodworking, popular yeah. woodworking, yeah. Just get that printed on a T-shirt, and then exactly. you know, yeah. yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yes, yes. Um, but still, yeah, you know, I don't, I really don't mind when they're genuinely asking genuinely asking if I need help with something because especially at Lowe's they like rearrange that place like every other week I swear to god um and I'm like you used to keep it here where has it moved because it's not there anymore um but like woodcraft I'm still working on the old white dudes that work there to even talk to me they have full-on like 45 minute conversations with like the guys as soon as they walk in the door but they usually just totally ignore me um Sarah which is a little like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah leave me alone I don't need you to try and sell me a pen kit like I I, I can't one I can read and two <laughs> I don't I, yeah I, you're not gonna sell me anything your stuff is overpriced <laughs> like I have to have a specific reason to buy something from your store like yeah oh I only go to woodcraft when it's like sale yeah when it would take too long to order it online so I'm just yeah. gonna go there to like get it instead uh-huh. um because they are overpriced but they also have things that you can't pick up at like Lowe's Home Depot Menards yeah. all those places yeah like yeah. I, I did just order some um hinges nope box closures from Woodcraft because we don't have one local now I have to wait until like Monday to get it <laughs> what a waste of time I know <laughs> I, I see like, people walking out of woodcraft with wood and I'm like oh, oh my, I know <laughs> I know I have to I do have to tell like my fellow like grad students you know because they're all young I'm I'm ancient compared to them um but they'll be like oh I'm taking a trip to woodcraft I'm like okay tell me exactly what you plan yeah. to buy and we will have a conversation before you go. Because oh, you need to go well, there. Well, and it's hard because they don't know. They don't know. And they don't, I mean, right. before I probably would have been like, oh, sure. And now, you know, I kind of like giggle when I see the, the price. Because I'm like, that's crazy. But also, you know, Iowa City hasn't had a store like that. Um, so it's like, oh, cool. I've never seen this wood. I'm going to get it or whatever. <laughs> I, I have bought wood from Woodcraft in St. Louis, but it's one of the older stores and they teach classes there. So there's a lot of cutoffs that are actually very well priced. Like I've gotten African black wood cutoffs for very cheap. So like mm-hmm. if you know what you're looking for. Are they doing classes at the Iowa one? Not yet. Um, they're kind of gearing it up, but they were working on like, they had like the store section, right? And then like the other part of the building they hadn't like built oh, okay. or like, remodeled it yet to be the classroom type thing um because I kind of I'm one like every time I go in there it's it's some different old white guy so I'm like here's my card when you guys are ready like if they would have you power carving let me know (laughs) (laughs) I just keep because they sell a lot of power carving things I will say that is nice because there is nowhere else in town that I can get specific like power carving burrs and discs and stuff and mm-hmm. and yes I can order online but again I want instant gratification if I want to use that that day I want to be able to go buy it that day um so that is nice um and I've also given them recommendations on like okay you're carrying this one brand it's kind of a shitty brand let's work mm-hmm. on like having some other types of tools for this um which is nice that they do listen. I don't know, you know, if how far that goes, but they at least take notes on it and stuff. Um, so I'm like, that's something. You're not just like, uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, especially if they're entertaining it. Yeah. I wish Columbia had a, a woodworking store. We have to drive to, to Jefferson City or St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, Taylor Toolworks is actually- We do have Taylor Toolworks here. here. 
which yeah. is kind of random because we were buying from them and we didn't even realize that they were local. And the sure. um, Mike Taylor that owns it is a member of the um, Midwest Woodworkers Association. Oh, and he's a wonderful man. So anybody listening that that wants that needs advice on anything, get a hold of Mike Taylor from Taylor Tool Works. He's great. So it's nice to have that at least because they have quality tools. I'll have to actually look and see if Iowa City has a woodworking association. I don't know if we do or not. Um, Start with all your free time. Well, don't you don't <laughs> don't you have a group that meets? Yeah, so, yeah, I have um, the woodworking club that meets at the community space once a month. But I just like literally last night I was like, okay y'all who have been coming to this somebody needs to step up and take this because I just do not have the time on my plate right now to do this um what is which the is you know there? huh what is the makerspace there what is it called it's called fab lab oh that's right. used, okay. yeah it used to be called this it used to be called the steam fab lab um which I mean, he set it up because you can get certain money if you set it up in association with um, MIT Fab Labs, which is what he kind of started it as, which has a lot more like electronics and 3D printing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I wish we were more focused on just making it a makerspace because um, I think it would just be set up differently. Um I'm not knocking it though. It's still a community resource that is definitely still underutilized. Like mm -hmm. pe it's like people just don't know about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm what, you know, like with the woodworking class that I taught, I told all of those women, like there is a resource. So you don't have to go buy all of this stuff right now. Like you can go get a membership at this place and use those tools until you're able to buy those tools on your own. Um, so I think, I think it's great that more and more communities are getting maker spaces or communal shops. Even here, um, there's a maker space at the, our local community college. Um, and they mm -hmm. have different, um, they have woodworking, they have ceramics, they have we, I mean, just all, you know, all of it. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, Sarah, you said you realized you couldn't make money as an artist. I wanted, I did want to ask a question when you said that, did you realize that, or was that something your parents told you? Oh, it's something that I was told, but I, <laughs> I also like school. I mean, I'm still working in education. Um, yeah. I loved art taking art in high school like I, I always wanted to I, I never really had the strong a strong desire to be an artist I should say okay. um so and I like the security of of teaching mm -hmm. um but I just never I do enjoy selling my stuff um but I'm also very selfish and get tired of making stuff to sell and want to make stuff for myself <laughs> I understand that too yeah, it's definitely a thing, you know, I just started with grad school. So it's a question I'm asking myself because I'll finish with an MFA, which is a terminal degree, meaning I can go teach. I can go teach at any university, anywhere, um, teaching art. And as part of Iowa grad school, as I'm sure you will remember, Sarah, like pretty much I think Iowa only exists because grads teach. Um <laughs> And so it's like getting that experience of teaching undergrads. And I, I don't know if I found the sweet spot yet for um, how that works out, you know, and the benefit of it and all of that. But I do, I, part of going for this was to give me a different avenue than what I was on to have things like benefits <laughs> Um, you know uh in case the whole my dream part doesn't work out it's like I still have okay. to have a way to make you money make your own maker space oh, <laughs> that's just so much work <laughs> yeah I did I did for a little while consider getting my MFA yeah 
from Iowa when I lived there before I started uh, special education. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't consider it, but then it was just, that's a lot of pressure for something that you love. You know, that it's a totally different feeling and it's, it's just easier for me. It was, it, it was easier for me to go for something a little bit different that I yeah i mean it's it's definitely i'm learning a little bit about like the mix of the um art education bit of it like my two kiddos um on saturdays right now they get to go take art classes um at the university um and they're being taught by art education students um which is it's ironic to me because it's being taught by art education students in the art building where I'm at all the time. And those students are never there. Those <laughs> art education students are never in that building. Um, but it's <laughs> super interesting to me. Um, I mean, it's fun. I love getting to watch, you know, it's fun getting to go to the building and my kids are like, hey, mommy goes here, you know? And so that's kind of just like a an added bonus. Um, but it is super interesting um probably because i mean you could attest to it i'm sure you had to learn like a lot of different types of art and not learn them super yeah. well but just like a taste of them to be able to kind of teach them yeah yeah i had, i lived in ceramics for a really long time in art ed which was very odd but you know i also <laughs> double majored so um not in ceramics but um, in drawing so yeah, yeah. They, they give you a little bit of everything, but they still wanted you to make like a, a concentration area. But it's yeah. also an undergrad. So like there's only so much time you have. Well, you took yeah. a lot of time. I did take, I, I took six and a half years. Okay. So I should have left with a master's degree, but I didn't. Three majors and a minor and whatever. That's okay. Yeah. Did you, Marika, did you get your master's? I can't remember. No, did just a bachelor's. Okay okay and um, then I worked in special education before we moved here um and I had planned I honestly had planned to go back into that field um and then the pandemic hit and so I ended up staying home with our daughter and then the woodworking happened and so I was like well I guess I'm not gonna go back to work work so mm -hmm. which I I mean I'm okay with it I miss it but I also I love the flexibility of what we do now so yeah yeah flexibility is nice I miss that <laughs> I don't have the flexibility anymore being in grad school that I had when I was working um close to full-time but yeah um oh I don't I, cannot... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did it for 30 years I don't miss it <laughs> No, I don't, I don't know how you, how you survived and are sitting in front of me talking to me. I am still in that mindset. I've been told once I get past the first year of grad school, though, it's, it's easy past that. Um, I'm holding on to that light. I guess PhD is different. I mean, your last year is hell because you're doing your dissertation, but yeah. Yeah, I have no desire. I'm not a writing person. Just that's just not not my jam. Um, so the time, like even just taking the art history classes that are required, those are what's like killing me. I'm like, I can't write another six page paper just as an assignment. I just I can't do it. <laughs> I don't have enough bullshit in my body to come up with. To write and I just like oh, six pages. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no. uh, 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 uh. I just uh, wrote two book chapters. <laughs> no, they they had in the and it's still down I know. there. Kind of, it's on a the, special kind of special. On, it, there's like a on the first floor they have like this little billboard thing right now that's like you can double major in art history. You know what my reaction was to that when I first saw it? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Said it out loud. Vividly, didn't care who was around. I was like, nope, mm -mm, mm -mm, no desire whatsoever. <laughs> okay. I took us down a bad tangent, but <laughs> what's, your, what's your, before I kind of 
totally wrap it up. I wanted to ask what is the next big thing woodworking wise on your guys's horizon? What do you mean? Like event or like venture or? Yeah, any, yes. And so, okay, for, I'll go first. So for okay. me, I have uh, recently discovered uh, making jewelry. And while that, what's funny is I'm not wearing any, as you can see, um, I'm not somebody that wears it, but um, a lot of people buy it and a lot of people like it. And I thought I had a problem with keeping scraps and now I'm starting to make jewelry and you can make jewelry out of like the tiniest pieces. So um, I'm just really enjoying being creative with it. And um, it's very small. It's very detailed. And I'm really enjoying that. Um, and finding, I think, like a new niche for me, because originally it was like elaborate or like design cutting boards and they're very popular. Like a lot of people also make them. Um, so they're hard to sell and they're, they're very expensive to make. So yeah. they're, and, and they're, they're not as easy to sell as other things. Yeah. So it's, it's been really rewarding for me to kind of tap into this new, um, you know, market, I guess, and, um, challenge myself with, you know, refined work, um, and having some new clientele. So that's been really fun for me and kind of like relit, you know, my imaginative side because, you know, you can only make so many charcuterie boards, like yeah. <laughs> they're basic, right? Yes. yes. Me? Um, I don't know. Like I... I do eventually want to make a, a standing cabinet. I've got some really unique pieces of Xeracote or Xeracote. I do not pronounce things right, but <laughs> I have them. And I think they'll make really beautiful doors to like a standing cabinet. And that's probably going to be the most difficult thing I take on next, um, probably in the new year when I'm not teaching next semester. Um, I also want to make us a new kitchen table someday, but then I also think about chairs I don't know if I want to make chairs so I thought you're gonna say you're thinking about the fact that our kids been painting on the table yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean yeah yeah but let's like wait. wait on that so I think about the table now like it's covered in some stain and it's a, a, a cheap not cheap yeah. but it's like a, a burner big box furniture store Sarah made us this beautiful walnut burl side table like with <laughs> she made the the legs and everything and it was amazing she worked on it. We got it in here and it was great. And then like two days later, I walked by and there was crayon like all over it. And I was just like, <gasps> you know, and it's like, well, but you yeah. know what? I use a hard wax oil and that's easy to fix. That's the whole point. It was, but it was just a reminder. Like, and people were like, oh, why don't you put this in your house? It's beautiful. I'm like, we have a toddler. That's a no. Yeah. <laughs> I have Play-Doh that will forever be stuck in the crevices of a sculpted you know log table yep my kids sat yeah. on just really rubbed it in there when, when you're 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 wrapping up a table that somebody commissioned and they paid a lot of money for and then you find chalk ground <laughs> into the fibers of the wood and you can't get it out and it's like well let's I really hope they don't notice well we don't even, <laughs> she's not even supposed to have chalk in the house so I don't even know how that happens yeah, oh, I feel yeah. your pain on all of that. <laughs> all of that. Um, all right. So I want to give you guys a chance again to let people know like how they can find you, follow along with you, all that fun stuff. Yeah, so we are on currently, and probably this is it, we're on Facebook and Instagram as Astropola Woodworking. Um, we also have a website, astropolawoodworking.com. And, um, yeah, we just really love being a part of this community that we knew nothing about and learning every day we're learning something new and, um, the, the maker community and the woodworking community has been so welcoming to us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
I have to ask one final thing. Have you started power carving yet? No. <laughs> okay, I have a defensible reason. I have horrendous carpal oh, yeah. tunnel syndrome. So gripping things is a pain in the ass these days. So I that's... no, but I do want to. I really do. Um, we have two local shows. To do it. Just saying. <laughs> we have two local shows coming up. So we're trying to get some inventory. But after that, I definitely um I'm really looking forward to to delving into it. So okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on your Instagram and see. <laughs> If I see it pop up at all, now you're all right. pressured. You know all that. right. See now, and I did some power carving when I made my giant spoon, and it's just, I was so much fun. Uh, but I cannot hold the tools like that right now. Like it's brutal. I com I completely understand. I don't have carpal tunnel, but I have tennis elbow that flares up extremely bad, especially when I'm using the vibratory. Mm -hmm. Um tools like that wear uh bike gloves is yes. what i would recommend that really helps with the vibration um and and helps protect all of that stuff but okay thank you so much both of you for chatting with me today um enjoyed getting to meet you virtually anyways yeah maybe next time we come to iowa city we'll uh schedule a, a meetup i hope yeah. so i i think about that every time but we visit you know periodically so mm -hmm. yeah absolutely next time you're in the area look me up <laughs> if i'm not with my hair on fire at this at the school <laughs> you can stop by for a visit awesome thank we really appreciate um yeah everything that you're doing for the maker community oh thank you so much All right, so again, that was Sarah and Marika of Estrapola Woodworking, and I'll include the links on how you can follow along with them and see what they're up to in the show notes for today's episode. Best place to find that is in the description of the episode on your podcast app. Please follow along with the podcast on Instagram at Crafting a Revolution. There's no spaces, underscores, or dashes, just all one word together, at Crafting a Revolution. Also reach out to your host, myself, Katie Freeman at Freeman Furnishings and my co-host, Katie Thompson at Women of Woodworking. Big shout out and thanks to Ashley Minnie for writing and producing the theme song for the podcast. And if you are, have enjoyed today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. If not, don't worry about it. All right. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, as always, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they want to say. Solution for the toxic masculinities. Pollution is the constant evolution of a broken institution. So here's our resolution. Because the revolution.